What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he didn't sober up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tess, here, bitch, your ex drinking buddy. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brandon Tess, if he's your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brandon Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the program. It used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It used to be my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Reminisce about the crazy old days. Most weeks I'll be joined by guests. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City. Anna Koppelman. Ah. Hello. It's so exciting to be here. What's up? Not much. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so yeah. excited you wanted. Uh, you came on. We were able to get this done. I know. I had been like when I first heard about the podcast, and I heard you had asked Eric Walsh, and he had said no. Oh, he's gonna get excited. He always yeah, listens he to the me. first half because we talk about comedy, and yeah, now, now Eric yeah, Walsh. Eric Walsh, and I was like, okay, I'll know that I'm really part of this whole group once I'm asked. Yeah, and that's interesting. I, I f- find it so. Odd because there's certain people I ask just because like some of the stuff they talk about on stage I'm like oh this they'd be perfect for the show and then there's other people that I ask just you know obviously like comics that I know from the stand and the cellar and stuff just because they have podcasts and stuff and then there are other like this happened with Carly too where I I didn't even kind of like think of because she doesn't talk about like crazy stuff on stage and then one day I was like wait you should come on and then I've been so much better about like asking just everybody that I would want to have on. Well, once I saw Carly was on, I was like, there's a pathway for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a legitimate show or yeah. something? No, like I feel like Carly and I both corner the quirky girl open mic market. Yeah. So, you you know, guys have that in yeah, the bag. Yeah, we really do. So let's talk about it. You're not originally from New York, correct? No, I, I grew up here. You Did you really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Where at? Upper West Side. Oh. I know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. So let's talk about it because most of my guests are transplants. Yeah. But you grew up here. Um, I'm assuming you just, we were joking around about it before the mics went on, but you went, you just graduated from college. Did you go to college up here? No. So I went to college um, in California, but I had lived in New York up until then. Okay. So I want to, I always like, um, especially since it's your first time on the show, I want the listeners to get to know you how you got into comedy, stand-up especially, and all that other stuff. So when did you first start doing open mics? I've done a lot of like improv and that kind of thing. It's always improv. I know, I know. It's always the path. Unfortunately, it is (laughs) the gateway. Um, When did you start doing improv? I had really bad like social anxiety when I was in high school. Okay. And for some reason, somebody said to my parents, like, you should sign her up for improv classes. Yeah, because the one thing about social anxiety is put them in a setting with a lot of people watching them. Yeah, put them on stage. Yeah. They're like, if you can figure out how to talk on stage, you could be able to talk to people one-on-one. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's the wrong order, but okay. Yeah, that's not how it yeah. normally goes. But but that's what got me doing it. 
And then I was like, oh, I can kind of make people laugh. And so then, were you scared the first time, like when your parents came to you and said, hey, we're signing you up for improv? Well, I was obsessed with comedy. So okay. I was like, but I was also scared of everything all of the time. Yeah, so it wasn't true. like there was anything different about that day. <laughs> I was just like, more to panic Now about. it's just something I'm, uh, another thing I'm scared about. about. Yeah, add it to the list. <laughs> um, but I didn't think anyone would bully me in an improv class. And I, yeah. yeah, I was right. I think everyone was right about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, that's the problem is I played sports my whole life and they are relentless. Yeah. I got bullied sense. all the time. And I was like, but I'm on the team. And they're like, we don't care. No, that's You're like what being friends with girls is like. Yeah. 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 I've seen Mean Girls. We've all, yeah, seen, we've mean all girls. seen Mean Girls. Um, so when you, um, you say you were obsessed with comedy, when did you get into like comedy as, uh, art form i guess like were you always into shows or movies or stand-up itself or like what did you like about comedy um i'm i feel like i'm gonna give a very basic answer but i i just would grow up watching a ton of snl all yeah. the time and like my first like real crush was on andy sandberg <laughs> really yeah. i was like i just need to go to where that kind of guy is yeah. which is a disaster but I, they're all a disaster. They're all a disaster. We know some Andy Samberg types, and they're all a disaster oh, yeah. of people. I'm already blushing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've just always loved comedy. And then I think that I was like a very weird kid mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways. And so like the way that I would. Did you do theater and stuff in school? No, I was too weird for the theater yeah. kids. Wow. that's I know. That's weird. That it's weird. Yeah. I... I, well, I had an eye patch as a kid. Did you really? Yeah. Tell that story. Well, so I, as a kid, my eyes were crossed. And so then to like fix it. Oh, I yeah. You talked about this patch. on stage. Yeah. I, for, I forgot. So. Yeah. So I was like a kid with an eye patch. And then I also have dyslexia. So I couldn't read. When? So, <laughs> it was just like, it was unfortunate. When did you get the eye patch? When I was six. Okay. And then I just had it for a while. And then That's I had what I was eye gonna surgery. Ask. Yeah. I, I might have been younger than six with the eye patch, actually. There, it was. Did you like have a bedazzled one where you would like do like different things? Or was it just a basic black eye patch? My mom was very good at finding like brightly colored okay. eye patches with like well, there's that, parts on them. And, yeah, there's yeah. that congressman who has an eye patch and he wears like a almost like a Kano from Mortal Kombat. Like it's not like an actual whole patch. It's just like yeah. a little thing he shoves in his eye. So oh, it wow. looks like cool as shit. He looks like a video game character. I can't, Dan Crenshaw, yeah, that's the guy's name. But no, uh, mine was a lot more innocent, but it's the one good thing about it is I can still like guilt my parents just by going like this. Oh, really? Like, if yeah. I, yeah, if I there want you go. something, I can just. <laughs> Remember when I wore an eye patch? <laughs> Remember when I was that weird? Remember? <laughs> so, so I had an eye patch and I was like. When did you get the surgery? Also in first grade. Okay. But it, and then I also couldn't like read. I had no depth perception also. Yeah, because that comes from both eyes. But, yeah. And so sports was never going to happen for yeah. me. And socializing was weird because everyone else was like ahead of me. And then I didn't know how to talk to them. And then my parents switched me to a school for kids with disabilities. But then I was like the smartest one there. Yeah. So then that was also weird. So then I just went back. to. I was just like. So, oh, so you went back and forth, so then you yeah. went back to regular school? Yeah, so then it was just like... Sorry, not regular, like, no, that's sorry. not the word. Smart people school. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, yeah, I was just strange. Then I would just make myself laugh. Okay. And then I would make, like, my brother laugh, and then that was kind of... I started doing improv, and I 
So you started improv in high school. Yeah. Was it a, a class through the high school or was it an actual troupe? So one of the great things about growing up in New York is I just like signed up for like an improv 101 class. Oh, wow. At like the Magnet. But you're like, how old at this point? I was point? like 15. That's crazy. Yeah, 14. Yeah, a yeah. lot of times what happens is, and I've talked about this before with other guests is, there are certain people who know that they want to do comedy. So obviously they either start doing open mics at 18 or 21 or whatever it is. Then there's other people like well, in your case where you're like, oh no, this is something... I'm going to do. So you start at 15. Yeah. Was that intimidating? Honestly, like it was, again, like I was just, I think, afraid of a lot of things. So, so, it so then everything wasn't free. Yeah. You know, like. Because that feeling came with everything. everything. So and it's it like wasn't. I'm, yeah. And everyone was so nice to me because like, and I get it now that I'm like the age that those kids, like the, I hung out with a lot of like 23 year olds, 23 year olds, 25 year olds taking like their first improv class. And they were also sweet to me, which I would obviously be to like a 14 year old yeah, being like, I'm obsessed with comedy. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, I'm so cool. I'm hanging out with a 23 year old. <laughs> like, this is sick. I'm the coolest 14 year old in the <laughs> I'm planet. like, everyone at school doesn't like me, but that's because they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So did you enjoy the improv, like the class, when you first started, were you like, oh, this is awesome? Yeah, I was obsessed with it. And yeah. then it was just like all I wanted to do all the time. And then I, I went to college and I... Where'd you go to college? I went to like a really small school outside of LA. Okay. That like nobody's heard of. What's it? It's called Pitzer. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Nobody's, nobody's heard. heard of it. But I... Is it a private school? Yeah. Okay. Is it a, like a special... T- does it... Because you it's, know a lot of those smaller private schools are like liberal arts schools. Oh or yeah, like it's that. a liberal arts school, and it's like connected to all these other liberal arts schools, and it's like very obnoxious. And yeah, like, that sounds yeah. like very obnoxious kind of behavior. Yeah, a lot of talking about a lot of theory. Yeah, yeah. What if? What if? A lot of what, what if. if? So much what if? So many opinions. Yeah, all the time. Um, and not to brag, but I was the president of our one of the improv troops. Okay. Campus. Yeah. So when you go to college, you decide to keep doing improv. Obviously. Yeah, I'm like this is my thing. Yeah. And then I found out that other people didn't think it was as like cool and sexy as I did. Yeah, yeah. that's a thing. Yeah, but some people almost who just talk a lot of shit about improv, almost like it's which I get secondary to stand up, and those people are just the worst. Oh well, I no longer do improv. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because I actually liked improv when I was younger. Did you do it? And then I had never done it, but I liked yeah. the idea and whose line is it anyway and stuff like that. And then it's interesting, as I got more into stand-up and I heard other stand-ups talking shit about it, obviously in true social anxiety fashion, I just mimicked what they would say. So I was like, yeah, forget improv, that sucks. Yeah. And then over time I started to believe that because I would say it all the time. And then yeah. now I just don't- Like improv. Like improv. I still think that like watching really good improv is like the most incredible, mind blowing thing. Yeah. Because it's just like, how did they do that? But I wasn't that good at improv. And I. Even though you were the president. I was the president because out of everyone on the improv troupe, like I could keep track of time. Yeah. But I was like. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I was the president was because I could use I was, the phone. Uh, the time horrible, function on my phone. <laughs> you no, know, literally, I was a horrible president because everyone would be like goofing off and I'd be like, hey, we have a show to prepare for. Stop playing games. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't all improv just games? I, I know. Like I was just, it was very narc behavior on my part. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to keep a tight ship. I do the same thing uh, when I run shows or mics or something like that. I'm like, we're not fucking around here. Like yeah. five minutes, four minutes, you get the light, like in and out, in and, and out, in and out. Up, I can just be like, okay, I'm going to work really hard at this, even though it's like a silly, goofy thing. Yeah. And no, like, I think that that's rewarded more. I think it absolutely is. Yeah. So 
when did you decide to pivot into stand-up? I had always wanted to do it, um, but I was like intimidated by it. And then I um, had a really bad breakup, got expelled from clown school. As Oh, yeah. 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 Which is its whole own thing. And so then I. Before we get too yeah. far into like the drinking and drug and party stories and stuff, <laughs> tell the story to the listeners about clown school how that even happened and i know it's a bit so you don't have to burn the bit but the actual story like what happened the actual story is like i've always i my senior year of college started dating this guy i was very in love with him he yeah. was french and like uh, uh, he was on the rival improv troupe so it was Ooh. very romeo and juliet forbidden love forbidden love star-crossed uh, lovers exactly um and he we were dating and at the end of college he was like i really want to go to clown school so he's talking about clown school in europe yeah in paris because uh we've had a guest on uh, Raphael Pariah, who directed my one-man show, who also went to clown school in Paris. And when I heard clown school, I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought it was like, you know how, I mean, you don't know because you're much younger than me, but back in like the 90s, people would be like, oh, where are you going to go to college? Clown school? Like, it no, was literally. like a, yeah, yeah. It was like a thing. Yeah. But this person, your ex, actually wanted to go to Paris to study clown the school. The art of clown. Yeah, yeah, the clowning. And the thing that I say in the bit is that he was like, I want to go to clown school. I have this lifelong dream of going to clown school, which was his way of saying, I want to break up with you. And I was like, no way, that's crazy. I also now really want to go to clown school. It's my <laughs> lifelong dream, which is my way of saying it's not going to be that easy. <laughs> which is hilarious because you actually did that. Oh, yeah, completely. And I, my friends were like, you're going to clown school? And I was like, yeah, for myself. So you, there was no, you weren't trying to, you were, I guess you were trying to like hide it from everyone else that you were going there just for this boy. Well, because I was like, I do care about comedy. Yeah. Maybe I'll, and I, I knew. That's true. Yeah. You do have the background of this is something you're obsessed yeah. with. And it was something I was obsessed with. And I was in like just a really weird place and kind of directionalist. And yeah. I was like. What did you major in? English. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Directionalist makes sense. A, yeah. And then, yeah, I followed him. And clown school is like very intense, which yeah. also sounds crazy, but like the way it would run is there was just like this very old clown and he just had a drum in his lap and he would like tell you to get on stage and do something. And then if he didn't like it, he would like ruthlessly insult you. He might, this might've like been the stuff. same clown school that Rafi went was. to. was, yeah. It's like a renowned one. Yeah. Do you remember, what's the name? Uh, Goliet. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I love how I asked you what the name was. Like I'd be like, oh yeah, totally, that's it. Yeah. But I have no idea. But no, he would just be like really mean. Yeah. And which I'm totally, I, I think there's like a, point in if you're going to perform you need to be okay to withstand people yeah. insulting you but and sometimes it would be like totally fine he'd be like okay boring goodbye which is like funny but then sometimes he'd be like that was so bad it seemed like you were raped as a child and never got over it this is definitely the same school <laughs> yeah because Rafi had some examples like that too yeah and then basically like the, the whole story short is that one day he said something and i spoke back to it and then I which you're not spell. supposed to do no so what did do you remember what he said oh yeah he yeah you're not gonna forget that he was like, uh, this scene is so bad. Um, which death camp in Poland should we send them to? <laughs> and then he pointed at a German student and was like, you're German, which one? What did the German student say? The German student said Dachau. Oh, so he was... He was ready. He was yeah. like, oh yeah, which one? Okay, I'll t- <laughs> I've been thinking all day. <laughs> I've been thinking about <laughs> this all here. day. <laughs> and Dachau. Um, and... Then, yeah. Then what'd you say? 
Well, in the moment, I was thinking about all the bitches I went to Hebrew school with. Yeah. And I was like, you, you know, it's hard because I'm Jewish, but I'm not like super. There's nothing more cringeworthy than like defending anti-Semitism. It's yeah. like so passe. And <laughs> and I just was like, I don't want to have to say anything. But then I, I started thinking about like my parents and like, my lineage or whatever and then i was like even though i didn't really like anyone i went to hebrew school with like in the death camps we were all part of the same oven click like <laughs> i can't not say anything and then class ended and my boyfriend so you didn't say anything at the time no and then my boyfriend was like still your boyfriend still Love my boyfriend that. yeah but Love we were fighting because clown school brings up a lot of problems in relationships i could imagine yeah, you can especially imagine. when you go there not actually uh -huh. wanting to go to clown uh -huh. school exactly and he i was like i need to say something and my boyfriend was like you absolutely cannot say anything yeah he was like, he knew he was like if you say something you'll get expelled and i was like easy for you to say you christian you know yeah and then we were looking at the train tracks and I just started thinking about all the kids oh, gone. on train tracks. And then I did the super uh, mature thing of sending that I honestly think I was taught in Hebrew school, which was I sent a very passive aggressive text message. Okay. To the professor or teacher? To the German student. Oh, to the German student. Okay. And then I'm pretty sure the German student reported me for bullying him. Aww. And then the next day. Isn't that ironic? I know. I know. He was very upset. He was like, just because my <laughs> grandparents were Austrian and German and Nazis. participated in the war does not mean that they were Nazis. And it was like, no, that's exactly uh, what, what that it means. means. He was like, if they didn't, they, so, but anyway. That's kind of exactly like, what yeah, that Yeah, it was like definitionally, I think. I, I had a few problems with it. Mainly, I don't think Dachau was the funniest choice. Okay. Like Treblanka, much better word. Much better. Much better. Anyway, I. The next day I got to class and the clown master was like, <laughs> who here sent the German student a mean letter? And I don't know why I was expecting somebody else in the class to raise to, their Yeah, hand. to take the rap for you. <laughs> but it was incredibly silent. And I was like. Were you planning on, so were you planning on being like, oh, it was me? Or were you, in the moment when he first asked, are you thinking like, I'm just not going to say anything? Well, my first thought was like, who wrote the German student a mean letter? And then you sent a text. And then I was like, oh, that's me. Yeah. We're all talking about me. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I did. And then he started going on this like weird rant about fascism and. Which, again, the Germans would be very aware of. Yeah, exactly. He was like, you know, he asked his assistant, are you a fascist? And his assistant was like, I'm not, but I could be. And I was like, what is happening? And then I tried to clarify and he basically was like, if you want to talk, you have to get onto the stage. Oh, really? Yeah. So then he pulled me onto the stage. And I do think it's important. Like, it's not like I was a star student. Like, I was exceptionally bad at clown school. And, like, up until this point, I was so shy. Like, I would fail every activity. Like, he'd be like, go practice. Like, like he'd be like, you are an egg. Be an egg. And then he'd be like, I'm not convinced you seem like an egg. And it's Because like, oh, wow. I'm not. Like, yeah. I'm not. I don't. And then he started, like lecturing me and was like you do not love people like i need people here who love people and then something like hit and i just became the sassiest i've ever been oh wow and i was like do you love people because it doesn't seem like you love people and then yeah. he was like i'm kicking you out of my school you can't talk to me like that and i was like well, what a very sensitive baby yeah and i was like well since i'm already being kicked out i think i can say whatever i want and then um then you just went in and then i went in and then i was like 
he was like, never come back. And I was like, don't worry, I yeah, won't. Yeah, but we, that's not the plan. That's not the plan. And then I, I, I left and his assistant followed me out and was like, you have to understand, Philippe is not God, but he's one step away. And I was what? like, I'm leaving. And so then my, uh, my boyfriend and I broke up. The next day, weirdly, my grandfather died. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And then I came home and then I was like, I don't have a job. I've just been expelled from clown school. My grandpa died. I have no friends really in New York. I should start stand up. I've hit my rock bottom. <laughs> That's always how it works. People are like, I have nothing left to live for. Maybe I'll try stand up. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, this is what I now have to live for. Yeah. Yeah. When you tried it, uh, do you remember the first open mic you went to? I think it was Greenwich Village. Okay. And how did it go? Um, I mean, now looking back on it, horribly, probably. But yeah. at the time in my head, I was like, I made Drew laugh. Okay. Yeah. And that's always uh, that's uh, it's it's weird because sometimes Drew will laugh. It's no one else will laugh, and then Drew will laugh, and I yeah. go, "Wait, is that a bit, or is he being sarcastic?" I know, but I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And I was coming off of the high of having, not to brag, the best eulogy at my grandpa's funeral. You crushed it. I crushed it, and everyone said it. Standing out. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a laugh break and applause break. It was wow. Because I started off the speech, I said, I, I truly thought the biggest tragedy of this week was going to be me getting expelled from clown school, and I wish it was. Boom. Laugh. And then, yeah, and my poor brother worked so hard on his speech. But sometimes and, people just aren't as good. Sometimes you're a better sibling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's why you were Pop Pop's favorite. I And I wasn't. Oh, you weren't. I don't think I was. Like I know the rankings, that I definitely wasn't. But yeah, at, at the funeral, I I showed. You should. You shine through. Sh yeah, I shine through. So then, um, when you started doing stand up, did you have it in your head that you weren't going to go back to improv, or have you? I mean, that wasn't too long ago. So have you thought about going back to improv since? No, I don't think so because I love stand up and yeah. I love being able to write and plan my jokes and like think things through. And I really enjoy like the people that i've met and i'm just like addicted to it oh that's awesome yeah. so i wanted to talk um before you came on the show when we were talking at the uh the mic i asked you to come on and you said well i don't really have that many stories because this one thing happened and then i haven't really drank since as much as like some of the other people i've had on the show and i was like well we can make that work yes because you said it was a pretty terrible experience but before we get into that, when did you, so you didn't party a lot in college, I take it. I didn't because I, I grew up around a lot of addicts. Okay. And so there was like a lot of talk about like how easily your entire life could be ruined. How okay, it can just fall apart? For, yeah. Yeah, it's weird how that happens. It's weird how that happens. You think one, because this is what my experience is, is. I started going to AA meetings when I was like 21, 22. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like. Because I clearly had a problem. Um, and it was so weird because I remember going to these meetings and like, oh, these people are insane. Like, there's no <laughs> way this will ever happen to me. And then as I got older and would go back to meetings, I'd be like, oh, well, some of that stuff has happened to me, but not all that stuff. Yeah. And then I hit a point where I was like, oh, I'm the crazy person now in this group because I've done all these things. Like, I was at a mic the other day and Espy, friend of the show, was talking about... Uh, she said, uh, uh, just this bit she's working on. And in the bit, she says, uh, you know, you look like an addict who would sell their, like, parents' silverware <laughs> or something like that. And it hit me because I used to always think that was such a trope. And then at one point in my life, I tried to sell, like, my dead aunt's silverware. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, luckily, yeah. None, none of it worked out. And thank God. Because at the time, I was just sick. 
Right, of course. And I was in my head and I was out of money and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to do this. And then like through a certain series of events that never came to pass. And I'm so grateful for that because now I'm like, what would I have done yeah. if that if I actually went through with that? Yeah. But the, the fact that I had like the mindset to be like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do this. And so it's so interesting because growing up around addicts, I'm sure you see the same kind of thing where it's like, oh, it, it can fall apart just like that. Oh, 1000 percent. I mean, when you were 21, you just thought like, I'm, I'm not actually like the other people in this. Room. Yeah. Well, because yeah. that was the thing was I was I started drinking and the listeners know this. I started drinking really late in life, like late 17, early 18. And then I was still playing football and stuff. So I would just drink like maybe once right. a week, twice a week. And I would get out of control, but it was always like, oh, Brennan's crazy. Right. It's fun. But then when I was in my uh, early, early 20s, I was dating someone and it was long distance. And I remember I was in Daytona for the summer and I couldn't sleep because I was so worried that this person I was in this long distance relationship was cheating on me all the time and all this kind of stuff, which hindsight she was. But <laughs> I couldn't sleep or anything because yeah. of my anxiety. So I would just start drinking to fall asleep. Yeah. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night and then I would keep drinking to fall back asleep. And then that's kind of when I crossed over into, oh, I'm an alcoholic now. Like yeah. I have a serious problem. Yeah. So it was, but even then I got back to college, uh, you know, that was during the summer. And then I get back to college and I wasn't playing football anymore and I couldn't stop drinking. So mm -hmm. like I went to my first meeting at 21 because I was like, oh, there's, there's an issue. This is a serious problem. Right. So then after that, it was, you know, in and out, like going to meetings and then not. And then being like, oh, I'm fine. And then going right. to meetings. And then by the time I was 30, I was like, oh, I'm the guy. I'm, I'm the, the guy. Yeah, I'm who, the one. Yeah. yeah. No, my I have an uncle who has like a very severe drug problem. And then one of my mom's very close friends was like in and out of rehab my entire childhood. Mm -hmm. And then my uh, one of my dad's really close friends, actually, the summer before I went to college, OD'd and died. Oh, shit. Yeah. And um, just like. And then other people that my parents knew, like in their 20s, who were incredibly talented and incredibly successful. And then just like my parents would be like, oh, like, yeah, like they got really addicted to cocaine and then it all went down or they got yeah. really addicted. And so it just never made it seem like a fun, chill thing. Yeah. It was always like, oh, like, are we going to smoke? OK, great. I'll throw my like it was like the the pressure on what would happen if I did it always yeah. felt really looming. So it always just... So you kind of grew up with that, like in the back of your mind where you were like, oh, this can lead to very deep, dark places. Yeah, like gro growing up, my parents were always just like, okay, do cocaine once, you'll lose everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was like no... And my oh, parents, wow. Yeah, my parents were like very like kind, chill people. But yeah. like the one thing they were always like super, super scary about was drugs and drinking. And... I now as like an adult know that my dad was 100% joking about this and also talking about cocaine, but I kind of conflated it to be everything. Yeah. But as a kid, he was always like, and by kid, I mean like 12, whatever. Because mm -hmm. growing up in New York City, people start doing crazy shit really early. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, you yeah. could just walk down the street and people are selling cocaine and yeah, heroin. Yeah, like 12-year-olds going yeah. to clubs. Like, it's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. And my dad was like, if you ever do any drugs... I will take everything away. I will lock you in your room. And the only thing you'll have to eat is craft cheese slipped under the door. Which like, he couldn't do. But in my mind, I was like, okay. Drugs like, are I that just, bad. Drugs are that bad. And that's what would happen. And so I just like didn't really. I was too terrified. Yeah. So when your friends. Um, so you, we talked earlier about how you were anxious and you didn't have a ton of friends and stuff as far as social circles. But when people that you knew in school started doing drugs, were you like, oh, my God, this is horrific? 
I was scandalized. Yeah. I was like, not even in a judgmental way, because it was two things where I was just like, that's so sick and cool. Yeah. And I cannot believe they figured out how to do this thing. And also, like, I could never. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think when I finally did get to college, I got to college and I had like never smoked weed, which is so lame when you're the kid from New York City. Yeah. To be like, whoa. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because you show up in California and you're like, oh, no, I've never done any of this stuff. And they're like, what's wrong with you? And the first week of college, like this girl that I who ended up being my best friend for a lot of college, like we had met each other before college at like some summer thing. And so Mm. we knew each other and we were hanging out. And she was like, let me get you high for the first time. And like super excited about it and i was like wow i'm a big girl now like oh so you did it yeah and i she she gave me like an entire joint it was like my first time ever doing anything wow and i take us through that what was that experience like were you nervous before you did it were you like did you plan it out was it a spur of the moment thing like what happened you know i think my number like the number one reason i've never been able to be cool is that like in that moment i'm like holy shit like we're smoking weed guys (laughs) can you believe it but i was just so excited to be included in something like i just really wanted friends and really wanted to be like a part of a group so Um, was it it was spur of the moment then she was like hey let's get high and you were like okay she or did you know about it for like a day i knew about it okay i knew it was gonna come up and i was ready yeah well, the first time Practicing I walked Practicing your speech in your head over yeah, and Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And then after, like, the I'm not – the next day I overheard her be like, yeah, it's always embarrassing when, like, somebody gets the joint wet. Yeah. And I, like, didn't even know that was a thing. And I was like, oh, my God. This is – like, I'm such a fool. <laughs> <laughs> my life is over. <laughs> my life is over and everyone's going to hate me. But so I got high for the first time and I just felt so guilty because I was like, my parents are going to be so mad at me. I've ruined everything. Did you think they were going to find out? Well, early in the night, I thought they were going to find out. And then I was like, there's no way they're going to find out. Yeah. But I couldn't fall asleep because I was so anxious. And at 4 a.m., I call my dad. Oh, no. And he picks up and it's like 1 a.m. New York time. Yeah. And I'm like, do you ever feel like you're, you're growing up way too fast and life is like passing you by and you don't know who you are? And Wait a second. It's flip-flopped. It would be like 4 a.m. New York time, 1 a.m. You know, time. you're totally right. Yeah. So this is even worse. So it's even worse. I wake we him have. up at 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is even a worse conversation <laughs> to be having. Yes. I wake him up at 4 a.m. And I'm like, do you ever feel like life is passing you by? What did he say? And he, like, there was just like a pause. And then he went, are you high? So he knew. Oh, of course. And yeah. I was like, and I instantly started crying. And I was like, yeah, and I feel so guilty about it. Did he try to calm you down or was he like craft cheese from here on out? He was like, oh, well, that's the thing. He he just goes, oh, yeah, everyone smokes weed in college. <laughs> what? Oh, man. My whole life. Yeah, you that- were traumatized by what he said. And then all of a sudden he was like, yeah, it's fine. He was like, yeah, I smoked weed all the time in college. And then I kind of stopped because it made me depressed. But it's like not a big deal. You're fine. Wow. That is a far cry from what he said before. Yeah. But then he was like, but if it's cocaine, it's craft. Under- okay. Yeah. yeah. But... Yeah, and so, but then after that, I was just I I was in this like really weird, very fast friend group, and I you can always make more friends doing bad stuff than you can doing good stuff. One thousand percent, and I loved the drama of it. Yeah, but I would always go home early and then hear the stories the next day. Okay, and in my freshman year, I watched a lot of people do a lot of drugs and didn't actually do them because mm-hmm. I was still so scared. And then I think just watching people do drugs i was like i don't need to do that too yeah what was probably the craziest thing you saw as far as watching people 
do drugs? Uh, just like, I don't know if anyone did anything that insane, but just like okay. kind of making a fool of them. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I just remember in college, um, somebody OD'd on, uh, Roxy's. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so they came, this was, God, I must've been a sophomore. Cause yeah, I lived off campus junior and senior year. So I was living on campus and they came and it was someone we all knew. Like we came to the student apartment parties and stuff and they made us all go into the dorm rooms. Like all of our student apartments, yeah. they made us go inside and close them wow. while they carried them out in a body bag. That's horrible. Like they were like, no one's allowed. And so obviously everyone's like looking through their people and stuff like that. But that was probably yeah. one of the moments where I was like, oh, this, this can really mess your shit up. Well, literally a month before I left for college, like I went to college like August 21st and mm -hmm. like, you know, August 1st, my, one of my like dad's really like best friends, like basically an uncle to me, like died from an overdose. Yeah. So then that was also like in the background of my mind all the time of just being like, I, like, I, I don't know what's the thing that's going to make me like lose everything. Yeah. So then fear is a great way to keep your kids. Oh yeah. Fear is a great motivator. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the biggest ones used. Just exactly. trying to pe make people scared. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the whole premise behind laws. Like people right. are afraid to get arrested and to go to jail. So then they follow the law. Yeah, and exactly. I, I say it all the time, but after you get arrested three or four times, you're just kind of like, you don't care anymore. You're kind of like, whatever, yeah. I've done this. Yeah. So then you're actually more apt to continue to break laws, yeah, which is why it's a, you know, obviously it's a broken system and that's one of the reasons. Yeah. Because the more you're in it, the more you're like, oh, this is totally fucked. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that I was always away from actually like delving into it enough yeah. that I was able just to like kind of stay a foot away. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then when did you uh, drink for the first time? So I drank for the first time my senior year of high school. Okay. And that was the story I was talking about when I was like, I have only ever been like really drunk one time. And yeah. then I was so embarrassed that I was like, never again. Yeah. Um, so tell that story. What happened? Where are you set the whole scene? Okay, so what you have to understand, if I haven't made it abundantly clear, is that I wasn't very popular in high school. <laughs> I did a lot of spoken word poetry. I did a lot of improv. It's not a great combo. It's a great combo if you want to like feel really deep and introspective, but not yeah. if you want friends. Yeah. You know. But finally, my senior, my junior year, I became friends with this girl who went to a different school than mm -hmm. me, and it was like she really existed. She just went to a different school. I know. I. And, Everyone in this story went to a different school than me, but I swear it existed. It was real. It happened. Um, you made it up just to come on the show? <laughs> yeah. Ever since I heard you talk to Eric Walsh, I... <laughs> I was like, I'd have to get on that show. <laughs> I'm an improv background, so I will make up, yes, and an entire Sorry, story. An entire story, and this is the best I could come up with. Um, so, but she was really popular, and she was really cool at her school. Mm-hmm. And I like couldn't believe that she would take the time to be friends with me. Yeah. I was like, this is community service and I'm signed right up, like, you know. And I became friends with like some of her friends who went to different schools and we like did stuff together and I started dating this one guy and it was like the first person I had really dated and mm -hmm. I was obsessed with him. Yeah. Um as you are. As yeah. As people are. As people are. I he like played soccer. And yeah, I was I like, did. who would have thought me with someone who plays a sport? Um, and you were out playing soccer the other day. I saw it on the stories. Oh yeah. It, in it Central Park. My first time ever playing soccer. Yeah. You were with Carlos and, uh, <laughs> the great Eric Walsh. And the great Eric Walsh. Yeah. My number one mentor. Um, yeah. So we, 
we we dated, but the entire time we were dating. I, also, I know that people who come on this podcast have actual drinking stories. So yeah. everything I'm about to say, I want everyone to know is ridiculous. <laughs> but the entire time we were dating, this girl would be giving me advice. Like she would be like, oh, like you shouldn't like blow him because then yeah. he'll lose all interest in you. Just like, you know. I love how you whispered that. Like we're not talking into microphones. Well, I'm, you know, prim and proper. Yeah. Um, and I was just listening to everything she said because I was like, she's cool. Yeah. And then the summer came and he like was going away for the summer. So we went on a break. So I thought we were going to get back together. Obviously. Obviously. Obviously not. We all come back together and it's like the start of the school year. This is all the precursor to when I yeah. cry, just so you know. Um, and it's the start of the school year and she invites us to her like Hampton's house because she's like popular and rich and mm-hmm. cool. and Yeah, we know where you grew up. Yeah. And I. <laughs> We're all very aware. <laughs> yeah. Serena Vanderwoodson like. And I was wearing a red bikini. The which, fact that I know what that means. I'm so is sorry. So... I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> the show's name is wrong, by the way. Gossip Girl? Yeah. Why? Because it's a boy the whole time. Don't spoil it. Spoiler. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And I I was like, do you think that like our break should end? And he was like, no. And I was devastated and I was like crying. So the whole time during the summer, you think you are going to get back together? Yeah. The entire summer. I'm like counting down the days. Yeah. Um, Like an inmate. Like an inmate. Yeah. I'm like, he will return. And I and all will be right with the world because I was so upset because I was like I didn't have sex with him because she had told me not to yeah and then I was like oh my god this is probably my only opportunity ever and so if I didn't seize it like it was never gonna happen Mm -hmm. and so I was like I have to figure out how to get back together with him yeah you know all incredibly rational sane thoughts and then he was like oh like I actually don't think we should I was like yeah that's totally cool hysterically crying this girl I should come up with a different name for her. Yeah, you should. So we are back um, through the magic of editing. I didn't even need to say that. Nobody no, would have but known. No, it's fine. It's good. So what happened? So you're talking about. Oh, I was saying I have to come up with a fake name. Yeah. So you were on a break. You get back. Still on a break. End up staying on a break. Well, no, we broke up. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, you stay yeah, on a break. We stayed on the break. Yeah, yeah, uh, And Lifelong break. Lifelong break. And this girl. <laughs> Lil, mm. Lily. Lily. Yeah, that is a fake name. It's not her name, but I know a little. It, we'll go with Lily. Okay. This girl, Lily, was like, don't even worry about him. Mm-hmm. You're going to forget about him. Lily's the popular girl from the yeah. other school. She's like, you're not even, like, in a few months, you won't even know who he is. So you see where this is going. Yeah. And she starts, like, the school year starts, she starts throwing all these parties and not inviting me to them. I'm like, that's kind of weird. She, like, invites this guy that I've always had a crush on to the party and then Snapchats me a photo with him with the caption, like, we miss you. I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah, you weren't even invited. But I was like, if you miss me, you could have done something about it. Um, like, invite invite, like, invite me to the party. And then she finally invites me to this New Year's Eve party. Okay. And I'm 17, and it's my first time ever drinking. And this guy, Seth, keeps handing me what he refers to as truth serum. Okay. Which is great. And Do you know what it was by any chance? It was probably some kind of punch. Yeah. No, well, yeah. we used to call it hunch punch. Some people call it jungle juice. There's like a whole bunch of different names for it, but it was truth serum. Yeah. Yeah. And I had like probably like five of those. Mm-hmm. And I was. That's a lot. A lot. I'm, the listeners know because most of my listeners are, you know, initiated when it comes mm, to drinking. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, any anytime people are making a juice of any sort, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in it. There's a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. And right then, Lily is like, "Hey, can I talk to you for a sec?" And she pulls me into this room. And Do, like, what's the feeling you get? Dread, anxiety, dread. Okay, because I think a part of me knew. Yeah, you knew where it was going. I knew where it was going, and liability by Lord was playing. So you can really set yourself there. And I was just standing in this room with her. And she was like, I have to be honest with you. Like, John, we'll use that name. Okay. And I I have feelings for each other. Oh, God. Did you punch her right in the dick? I wish. <laughs> she was like, John and I have feelings for each other. And I really want to make out with him at midnight. But I don't want to ruin our friendship. So, so confused. One, this is the first party that she actually invites you to. Yes. And this is like six months into school. Yeah. And that, well, like four months into school. But still, it's the first one she invites you to, even though she's having parties all the time. Yeah. Two, she invited John to the party as well. Yeah. So I'm sure you're thinking, oh, I'm going to make out with John at midnight. So I thought that I was invited to the party and like, oh, like John will be there. Yeah. It's been a few months, like maybe things had changed. The last time I saw John was not at... Things had changed, but things not... Things had changed. Not, but I hadn't... So I had seen him at the summer house when he was like, I don't want to get back together with mm-hmm. you. But I'm a hard worker and consistent, so like I didn't really process that. Yeah. Um, and the last time I saw him, I had written him a letter. Because I was in this class, and <laughs> this is the worst, but our, our my teacher was like... There's that study that if you write if you write somebody a thank you letter, it like makes you happier if you read it to them. Mm-hmm. So in my insane seventeen year old mind, I'm like, okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write him a letter, and it's gonna be a thank you letter for the times that we had, and then I'm gonna read it to him. He's gonna realize how <clears throat> wrong it was, and then we're gonna get back together, and then I'm yeah. gonna be even happier. Logic's right there. The logic's right there. So I text him. I'm like, hey, like, can you meet up for a homework assignment I have to do? And oh, it was a homework assignment, all right? Ho- oh yeah, oh yeah. And we meet up outside. He's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm with this girl, but I can, like, leave her apartment to come meet you. So, like, obviously, he was... You guys are 17 at the time? New York. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So, we're sitting on a bench, and I read him aloud the letter. He goes, oh, thanks, and walks away. Wow. So, that's the last time I, I had seen him. <laughs> and then we're at this party, and I'm like, I'm wearing a low-cut top. Yeah, you are. It's New Year's Eve. Yeah, it Everybody is. knows what happens on New Year's Eve. And like, probably he's not into me, but we'll probably kiss because like we've already kissed. Yeah, and you're wearing the low-cut top. And I'm wearing the low-cut top. And like famously, that's all you need to do. Yeah. So Abby's- at, Who doesn't love some boobies? Exactly. I already just said her name, but whatever. Lily. 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 Not, it's fine. <laughs> I'll cut it. Honestly, I don't care. I just won't say her last name. Her name's Abby. Okay. Fine. Who Cats cares? out of the bag. Cats out of the bag. Abby is like, you, <clears throat> oh yeah, I have feelings for John. Um, and we want to make out at midnight. And I, Are you wasted at this point? Oh yeah. Yeah. And normally I think I would have been able to like hold my composure more. Mm-hmm. But I just started. That's the one good thing about being overly anxious all the time, at least in my experience is. You become very familiar with the feeling of dread and anxiety. Oh, yeah. That when things happen, you're just kind of like, yeah, all right. This is my life. Exactly. And at first, I kind of could still hold on to that. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, you have autonomy over your own body, Abby. You can do whatever you want, which is an insane thing to say. Like, I don't know. Especially as a 17-year-old. Yeah, why was that my Drunk at a party. Yeah. 
you have autotomy over your own body. I can't believe that was. I can't believe you pulled that out of that. Pulled that out of the hat. I know. I, I'm like pretty. I, w- I was impressed. I was like, you've watched a lot of Planned Parenthood commercials or something, because it's obviously different context. But I was like, you have autonomy over your own body. And she was like, I don't want to ruin our friendship. And then I start crying. Oh. And I go, what friendship, Abby? Ooh. You'll always be popular, and I'll always be me. <laughs> oh, that's like the scenes from Perk from being a wallflower or something. So dramatic, but also like I'm burning myself. Yeah, but I can, you are 100%, but I can also see that in like one of those like 500 days of summer, like one of those like, you know, well, teenage angst kind of independent movies. Yeah. And that's so your brand. That's oh. so your style. <laughs> yeah. Abby, you'll always be popular and I'll always just be me. Cut to camera. Yeah. Pan out. <laughs> yeah, pan out. Wide shot. Yeah. And she was kind of just like, okay. And then she made out with Addison and then they ended up dating. You said his name. Well, you know what? Addison and, no, Addison and Abby can know that I still care. It's fine. I'm over it, but I'm not clearly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what ended up happening the rest of the night for you? As uh, now you're inebriated, you're all messed up. I just. Were you staying in a room just crying or what did you end up doing? I, I don't remember much of the night. I just remember hysterically crying the entire night over mm-hmm. Abby and Addison, talking to everyone at the party about it, about how she was a bitch. So you're just drunk going up to people at her party being like, fuck this girl. I knew we were never actually friends. There's no way she'd want to be friends with me. Like, oh. I like reading. She's cool. Was it because of the red bikini? Yeah. Like, just all the worst thoughts. Where do you wake up? I wake up at this house. Like, yeah. I fell asleep at the house of the house party. Yeah. And Were you throwing up at all or? Oh, I think. Like, yeah. I was completely gone. And So when you wake up in the morning, what's your first thought? Do you remember? My first thought was, like, you handled that really well. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, you're really mature. And, like, what you said to Abby, like, you really showed her. And then I realized that they fucked up. Then I start going home and I call my older brother who I'm very close with is my best friend Mm -hmm. and I start telling him the story and as I'm telling him the story and hearing his reaction which is a lot of laughter I realized that I didn't burn her I burned myself yeah because I thought I got her so Um, in the moment you were like zinger I was like yeah you'll always be popular and I'll always be me I don't know how I convinced myself it was a zinger to her but it was like you're a sellout yeah you know yeah you're a piece of shit yeah and then, yeah, they dated for a really long time. Really? For, like, all of senior year. They went to prom together. I wasn't invited to anything. They, like... Yeah, I would assume you would not be invited to anything Can you believe that. they did? <laughs> so, because you went to different schools, obviously, you didn't have to run into them all the time. But did you... Did you get any vengeance in any sort of way? Were you thinking about that? Or were you just like, all right, whatever, they go to a different school, I don't care? It composed my entire life. Like, my entire life. Like, I would wake up every morning, <laughs> fall asleep every night yeah. thinking about it. Like, How you I, were going to get your vengeance. Yeah. Or I was just like, one day he's going to realize that this was the biggest mistake of his. But also, I was like, all the advice she was giving me was clearly yeah. not real. But I think it Isn't might that be, weird? Yeah. It's very usual suspects. Uh, like that scene at the end where you realize, like, oh, he was the bad guy the whole time. It's yeah. very much where like something like that happens and then everything kind of snaps into focus and you go, 
that son of a bitch. Yeah. Like she was telling me not to do all these things because she knew it would push him to break up with me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then I I met this other guy senior year at a different party and he had dated Abby. And so then I was like, oh, perfect vengeance. Yeah. So then I tried to date him, and he was awful. So she just got another slam dunk on me. Damn. I know. Couldn't win. And then, yeah, like, I I clearly got over it. But I after that, I was clearly. like, clearly got over it. But after that, I was like, you have too many things to say to drink truth serum. Yeah. That will get you not invited to things ever. And then I, I – I, so I'll have a glass of wine. Okay. So but since then, you have not – like I gotten haven't gotten drunk. Drunk, drunk? Drunk, drunk. Just a little tipsy. Yeah. Because I get sassy. Yeah. And I know that. And not sassy in a way that's fun for, like, good Sassy and like, a, Anna's being a bitch. To herself. Yeah. And now we're a little sad for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you showed it right there with the burn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when did you, you said you started smoking weed in college. And do you do, do you still smoke weed now? I do still smoke smoke weed. I, like, smoke a little. I drink a little. Yeah. But I think that it's st- still like I don't I can't pull it off in a way that's convincing. Yeah. So because you, you don't come off. It's interesting because your personality type just you're kind of very chill and like laid back and stuff. So you seem almost like a stoner, but you're not. That is the best compliment I've ever been given. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you're like you would like to like you're a big weed head, but you just don't smoke that often. I don't smoke that often. I, I really like hanging out with stoners. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is that? Just the energy that they yeah, have? Yeah, I don't know. I think they're cute. I yeah. Don't ha- yeah. Yeah, the hacky exactly. sack. Yeah, yeah, it's like... Crazy hair. Exactly. Oh, whatever, man. Yeah, it's all... I also like... I I can say things that are like not really deep, but it will land like it's really deep to them. <laughs> yeah. And it really feeds my ego. Um, and so I'll get high sometimes, but I, I... I don't do it often. Like a week ago... I also think people make fun of me when I try to like... Dude, you me they're like oh wow really and yeah. so then i'm like okay well like two weeks ago whenever the soccer day yeah. was i pulled a joint out of my bag to start smoking and carly Polistina started laughing for a solid five minutes at the thought of me trying to get that's high. hilarious and then i was like okay so you're right i shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> so did you not no i max fine had a joint oh okay so it all worked out friend of the show so max fine oh, and has he been on it? Yeah, yeah yeah there you go so you guys are just a bunch of hoodlums running around New York City, getting in all Carly sorts of did trouble. Carly not get high. No. No. You're like, I have to put that on the record. Do you, so do you, you don't, do you still live at home? I actually live with my older brother. Okay. Yeah. Where's that at? Oh, yeah. well, don't say. But uh, the only reason I was asking so knee jerk was just because in relation to the Upper West Side, I didn't know if you were close to back home. I see my parents often, but I don't live with them. Okay. Yeah. So do you, does Abby still live in the city? Abby lives in LA. Okay. She does PR. Okay. Enough said. We don't, yeah. Yeah. But I just wanted to know, I was very curious if you still kept tabs on that. Oh, I've kept tabs on Abby. <laughs> I, have, I have a good button to this story for after the show, but I can't get people in trouble. Yeah. But I'll, I will tell you, yeah, I keep tabs on Abby. Okay. In oh, a wow. chill way. If Abby's listening to this in a really chill, like, I don't care anymore because I'm over it and, like, I've dated other people. Yeah. You know, kind of way. <laughs> just gonna get you're gonna get a phone call after this i hope do you um 
you obviously haven't done any other drugs other than weed, correct? No. And does that still what your dad said when you were younger and like everything that you've gone through, th- that still sits in the back of your mind? Fear of it? Yeah. Oh, 1,000%. Okay, good. Well, and the reason I find it curious is because I talk about this a lot, but like with my sobriety, I relate it all the time to that movie Hook where uh, it's an old Robin Williams movie. And in the movie, the further you get away from Neverland, the longer you're away from Neverland, you forget Neverland. Mm. And I always talk about like, oh, sobriety is a lot like that where when you first get in, when I first got sober, it was because my last drunk was so horrific that I was like, Mm. I have to get sober. Like this is over. Right. And then the longer you're sober, the and if you especially if you don't work with other people or new people, you can get further away from that and forget how bad it was in the yeah. moment. Yeah. So I guess I just find it super fascinating the fact that you didn't have to go through that personally, but being able to see it happen to other people, almost like a transitive property where oh, you were like, Oh yeah, that's bad. So you still think about that. Yeah, well, my uncle is still, like, really addicted. Yeah. And I think part of it is that I was around a lot of people who weren't necessarily, like, sober from being addicts, but just, like, actively using mm-hmm. in a way that was really awful. And so I think that, like, it was just very – and my parents weren't. So it was like, yeah. okay, they figured out how to be all right mm-hmm. in this way. And, like, like the the two sides seemed very clear to me. Yeah. Um, Do you ever, because you have anxiety and as someone who also suffers from massive amounts of anxiety – do you ever think, not even think, but in your experience, whether it's just smoking a little bit or drinking a little bit, does it, it ever hit you that point where you're like, oh, this makes me feel good. I should do more of this. And then are you cognizant of that and like, oh, no, never mind. Or do you just not have that that switch in you? I've thought that. I thought I got prescribed Ativan for mm-hmm. panic attacks. And when I took that such so take it, I'm like, oh, this is the best thing ever yeah. and then i'm like yeah because it's like a benzo like yeah. obviously it's the best it's incredibly thing ever. addictive it's incredibly addictive so like that i don't really do even though it's prescribed yeah and i feel similarly about like like i've been prescribed adderall but i don't really want to try it because i'm like you've never tried it no that's smart it's because i'm like i know i would love it it's like yeah because i i do like have like attention whatever but i'm like i just know that it it like i can so see that path and so it's like, I'm just not going to. Yeah. The first time I tried Adderall was in college. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it was before I had, it was like the night before I had this huge paper due. And I remember, I think I've told this story on the show before, but I remember a friend of mine was like, oh, because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to like, I'm just going to end up failing this class. Like I don't have time to get this paper done. It's like a 15 page paper. And it was like eight o'clock at night and it was due the next morning at like 10. Yeah. And a friend of mine he was like, oh, well, I have some Adderall left over from finals. Do you want some? And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And he gave it to me. And I was You're like, like magic. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally in the computer lab in the library, like going like, like, so like I'd be at this computer and you'd be at that computer. And I'd be like, hey, Anna, have you heard of Adderall? <laughs> have you ever heard of this Adderall thing? Have you ever tried Adderall? And like, I was doing that like from person to person to like, I remember at one point I got sucked down this Facebook rabbit hole. Yeah. Where I went on Facebook, but I was like so laser focused and locked in. I just like went down this rabbit hole and it was like, uh, and then hours passed and I was like, what is happening? Yeah, I know I would love Adderall. Like, cause it would, it's everything that I like. Yeah. Productivity, not having to eat. Like, it, yeah. it would be the perfect drug. Um, so yeah, I just like, I feel like when thing, when I get that feeling of like, oh, I'd really love this, mm-hmm. I try to just not do it. Yeah. But like with, Smoking, I I've like I don't really do it by myself, mm-hmm. which is always good. Which is always good. I don't, you know. So it's mainly like if I'm at a place, 
and somebody else is smoking. Yeah. And I want to feel cool. Then I'll do it. But I can't because I cough because I don't do it enough. And yeah. then it's all over. Then you're not cool anymore. But I don't get the tip wet. So that's good. That's true. You've improved. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun. This was wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so much for me. coming on. Yeah. Absolutely. Plug everything one more time. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Anna Rose Koppelman. Um, and that's really like my only plug. Okay, but perfect. I, that's where all my clips are. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening at Brennan T Comedy, Brennan T Comedy on all social media, and we will talk to y'all next week. That was fun. That was fun. Thank you for doing. Of course, thank you for coming on. Yeah.